0: Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarthy, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Hello and welcome back to the penultimate podcast for this spring season of The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney. and thank you very much for tuning in by the way, I do appreciate it. So this little podcast, I wanted to talk about one of the newest sort of most up and coming trends that is taking over gardening at the moment and how you can get the best out of it for your garden. And that's the trend of vertical planting. There are so many different systems now for planting vertical gardens. And I wanted to just have a brief chat with you about how you can do it really well and the elements that you need to consider before you start to plant these sorts of systems so that you can create a long-lasting beautiful display my mother about 35 years ago was instrumental in creating probably some of the most the, the prototype of these vertical planting systems and she and my father had done it we, we were at hampton court flower show when it first came out and they would produced a product which she called swags so they were swag bags so these were filled bags of compost that were planted up with um, flowers and, and bedding plants but they were in different shapes so we had a couple that were wound around poles so that like a bit like a barber pole so we had these lobelia wrapped around things we had hanging vertical ones that stood in front of drain pipes. We had ones that looked like that you could hang under a windowsill. We had circular ones that looked like sort of moon shapes that you could hang flat on the wall. Now, it wasn't a product that then took off because my parents got into growing plants and and delivering wholesale-wise, but the concept was there. So she was ahead of the curve with a lot of these things. And they've now evolved into some hanging planting systems, but the nub of her design is still around today with some of these plant pocket things that you see. That was based on probably the design that my mum started showing at Hampton Court all those years ago when I was in my early 20s. So there are lots and lots of different products that you have that you can hang on a wall or on a fence, or create a vertical system. And I wanted to just go through some of the considerations that you need to have, some of the problems that you might encounter and some of the issues that you need to consider before you you embark on having one of these systems. Whenever you plant a plant, not in the soil, in the ground, you are moving that plant from its natural environment which means the plant is more stressed because it is not operating in its normal system. So the plant will always need more care because it can't do it all by itself. So vertical planting systems are not ones that thrive on their own. They have to be looked after by your good selves in order to keep them looking really nice. And the problems that occur in vertical planting gardens are the same as for hanging baskets. Because the roots are now in a pot, the roots are now subject to the temperature differentials of the air because they're above ground. The air gets warmer and drier and hotter, and also the air gets colder than the ground. Whenever roots grow in a pot, you know that they always grow round the edge, So if the medium that you're growing that plant in also heats up and cools down with the air, like a metal pot, for example, those roots are going to get frozen more in the winter and cooked more in the summer because of this heat differential. Again, because the soil is above the ground, it is also subject to that heat differential, and also the evaporating nature of the wind. So soil, as you know, will dry out more quickly. Because it's above ground, water will drain through really quickly. The issue then becomes, does the plant have enough time to absorb the water and nutrients before that water falls out the bottom of the pot? So even though you might be watering copiously, the water might run through so quickly, the plant just simply doesn't have a chance to get a drink. So these are considerations that we need to to factor in if the plants in your vertical systems are going to grow well. There's also the issue of getting enough food to those plants. The soil is limited in its size because it's growing on a wall. It's not going to get the nutrition from underneath, it's not gonna have stuff landing on it, like plant detritus that will then rot down and add nutrients to the soil, because it will fall off, it's held vertically. So we have to consider how we're gonna give long-term food, long-term water, and keep the, the roots of the plants well insulated. And if we can match all of those things and get those things sorted out, the plants will begin to grow quite well if you have plants growing at the top of the vertical wall they will cast shadow and shade to the plants growing lower down those plants will have much lower light levels to grow so you cannot have the same plant at the top of the vertical planting system as you necessarily get at the bottom especially if you're using slightly bigger leaved plants one has to be more shade tolerant or the 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 lower you go the more shade tolerant you have to be. In terms of watering, there's a phenomenon called rain shadow, which is where the leaves or overhanging parts of a garden prevent water reaching the ground directly underneath that leaf. That's the rain shadow. In a vertical system as well, if you've got bigger leaves at the top, they will create rain shadows for the plants that are underneath, which means if you're watering, say with a watering can or a hose pipe, for example, you might feel you're watering the plants at the top and the water will run down. But what actually happens is the water hits the leaves of the plants at the top, runs either into the base of the plant down the leaf as it would do normally, but also runs off the end of the leaf and drops to the floor, missing the plants underneath. So all of these vertical planting systems will benefit if you can introduce water drip feeding to the plants, especially at the bottom. It's easy to water the plants at the top. It's not so easy to get the plants at the bottom watered as well. Then there's what the planting system you have will do. Now, there are lots of different ones on the marketplace at the moment. Some of these sort of fabric bags with pockets, a bit like the shoe. Do you remember the shoe pockets we used to hang in the inside of our wardrobe? You put plants in those. They're cheap, they're cheerful, they're not terribly good, and they're not terribly easy to use. But also where you're hanging it and what it's hanging on can be impacted by the planting in front of it. If you're hanging a vertical system on a a wall, you will have dampness that will build up between the surface of the wall and the back of the planter. So you need to make ensure that there is a gap. So this is where some of these hanging, these cheaper hanging ones don't work well because the the structure of the material of the planter sits on the wall and can make that wall a bit damp or if it's a wooden fence or something, it will make the fence damp. You'll get green algae growth, you'll get discoloration, you might get a bit of warping, that kind of thing. The better systems provide a slight gap so that there is air that can actually dry the wall out behind and so you don't have that problem. But there is a problem with air behind or between the planting systems and the wall, especially in winter that that air can become very, very cold, which can create frost behind the planter where you weren't expecting it. In choosing any system, you need to think about insulation. Now I visited the landscape show two or three years ago, and also looked through a lot of these systems online. And there are a couple of Planting systems that I think are really good for the average gardener. One of them is called Plant Box, which you can find on a website growingrevolution.com, I think is one of the websites you can find them. And the other one is a system called G Wall by a company called Platypus, again, which you can find on the internet. Now, both of these use thick, solid, black, recycled plastics to create a system the plant box one is a stackable system that will stand on the ground and so you can build that up in front of a wall the g wall system is a modular system so you can create lots of different shapes it comes in a sort of a square of i think nine units by nine planting units so that you can build up shapes on a wall to create a green wall both of them are really well thought through and really well structured and they will allow the plants to be watered and fed and be insulated with whatever you're planting in them they're quite a good system so have a have a look at those both those systems are black plastic or black recycled plastic systems and and I think they work they would work really well for, for the average gardener because a lot of the commercial green walls that you see involve an enormous amount of back technology and they're just not achievable for the average gardener i mean they have computer controlled feeding systems watering systems the maintenance of them is done by professionals so we have to downgrade our thought process as to what we can be, as an average ordinary gardener you can achieve but both of those are designed to create a coverage of a wall so that you don't see the unit that the plants are being grown in. Anything that you plant in there, you've got to think, is it going to trail down? How is it going to hide the the unit behind it? I need bigger leaved plants to cover space and maybe at the top because I don't want to see the plastic. So you'll have to have a look at the types and styles of plants that you have to make sure that things get hidden. You wouldn't want it to be planted with alpines or lettuce, for, for example, because you would see the system that's behind and holding the plants, and that's not the attractive bit. So the alternative to that is that you create a unit where the plants are in a box, but that is part of the design. It's part of its its appeal. You see things that may be sort of looking like apple crates, and they make sort of a geometric pattern, and the plants are planted in there so you've got to decide whether what you're trying to achieve are you trying to achieve a complete greening of that wall so you don't see anything behind it or are you creating an attractive piece of fence art or wall art that has plants in it that is attractive to look at as well as the plants but the choice of plants is still the same you've still taking a plant out of its natural environment and putting it above ground. So if you're using a just a system, say hanging pots on a rack or putting pots on shelves or planters, that kind of thing, really seriously consider whether you use any metal as the as the planted pot or the, the, the plant medium, the, the holder of the plant, simply because metal will heat up and cool down. And as I've already explained, that will damage the root systems that you have. So wood is a really good thermal insulator and it's more attractive than plastic. You have to consider the ease of watering and how quickly the water that can be absorbed by the plant before it runs away. So I would always suggest the use potentially of some of these water retaining granules or clay balls that you can get that you can add to your compost mix that will, that they soak up water really quickly and allows the plant's roots to tap into that so that they can extract the nutrients. And remember, with fertilizers and things like that, plants suck them up through the roots. So if you're using a slow release or a granular feed, for example, if the pot dries out, the granular feed won't dissolve into the soil, which means the plant can't extract the nutrients. So it's possibly better to use a liquid feed mechanism rather than a granular feed mechanism, simply because the plants will have a chance to absorb the nutrients more easily. So what sort of plants can you put in these systems? Well, if you are using something like the G-wall or the plant box, almost anything. But you just need to make sure that the soil and the moisture is maintained so the plants can grow well really good plants for a decorative wall planting system are plants that are adapted to these sorts of climates and you might think well what sort of climates you know ones with bright sunshine and wind evaporation and really sharp drainage and wild temperature differentials and air frost and ground frost and all of this kind of thing well there are plants and those alpines you think where alpines grow they grow a mountain in a tiny little pocket of soil in between some boulders. They're snowed on. They have 200 mile an hour winds blasting through them. They have minus 30 and up to plus 30 degree temperature differentials. And they grow really well. They're used to that environment. And alpines are tiny little plants with really exquisite little flowers. So if you're putting them on a fence or a vertical system in a nice decorative arrangement you will have to get up close to see those flowers which is perfect because they can be at eye level so alpines are really really good things to put in vertical planting systems you can also put ornamental grasses especially if these systems are near the top of a wall or maybe just sitting underneath the window because you'll see the movements of the grasses and that will attract your attention grasses are very shallow rooted. They don't require much nutrients. In fact, they grow better when they're fairly lean and the the soil isn't very rich. You get the better display. So those are good plants. I would avoid your hanging basket style of plants, i.e. trailing petunias and things with big flowers and, and big leaves because Again, those are plants that are very hungry and very thirsty. And that means your planting, your maintenance regime is going to be greater. Then think of plants, maybe if it's in a shady place, you need plants that are really tough growers that you wouldn't necessarily put in the garden because they would take over, but putting somewhere in a really tough, difficult spot to grow, they might well thrive things like vinca for example is a really pretty plant it's a bit of a thug in the garden but growing on a vertical wall you'd get a really attractive evergreen plant with really pretty flowers so you just need to think about how and what and why if you're going to use a planting system and i would suggest for anything like that they're great you know you can really give your garden a bit of a boost by creating little micro views and putting these things on fences. But you do need to invest in a decent system. Otherwise, I think you're setting yourself up to have problems. So next week is the last in this current series of the Plotting Shed. And then I'll be back in the autumn, hopefully once I've been and seen all these show gardens, I can tell you all the interesting things about them. So I will see you next week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look. And please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go on to the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.